0: 18 plus.
1: to Conscious Shift and I am your co-host Mary Adams and I am here with my co-host and executive producer Julianne Turner and Julianne we have a fantastic show today living authentically in an age of transparency
2: and Mary could there not be a better time for this theme this topic living authentically Really. Shining our our unique light and being ourselves fully. And also how that has shifted so much for us in this age of transparency, of social media, of, of where our lives and our activities are almost broadcast daily for the world to see. Well it's true
1: and and we really have to think about what we are doing at this time because things are shifting and changing so fast and you know it's been amazing for me to really start watching some of a little bit of the news and really listening to some of what's going on because there's so many different opportunities that are really testing how we're coming through with our authenticity.
2: Well I think so too and and that's another aspect of transparency Mary as you know is that now, with technology, we're able to see and hear about things through so many channels instantaneously and view things as they are happening around the world. And truly, I think it's revealing to us ever more every day. Technology is just revealing the truth that's always been there, and that is that we are one, we are part of a wholeness. And, you know, as one of my favorite uh sayings is you know you should take no comfort that there's a hole in my end of the boat right? wow. i mean i mean you know we are all in the same boat and we are we have this opportunity to help one another but as you and i were talking mary you made a good point about how we how we so often only do that in crisis can you share that a bit more
1: well, absolutely. You know, I was really moved um, to see all of the amazing support and the outpouring of global community with the crisis in Haiti. And but one of the things that occurred to me was there are things going on on this planet every day that we need to be paying attention to. And I think so many times we got we get caught up in our daily lives, and these situations around the world just become a daily part of the news. And It's great that people want to step up when there is a crisis, but it's really important that we start stepping up when there are other small things going on around this world. And there's ways that we should be participating globally
2: every day. Well, I think that's the key, Mary. And that's one of the themes of Conscious Shift and Co-Creator Network in general. And that is, you know, we always have the choice to make a difference, to choose higher, And it's so amazing that we can come together in a crisis. It shows us what powerful things we're capable of when we step up in co-creation every day.
1: Well, it's so true. And, you know, this show to me is a very important topic. And we have just some amazing people that are visiting us on today's show. We have Stephanie Frank. Essential Authenticity for Peak Performance. She's the author of The Accidental Millionaire and and a Human Behavior Expert. We've got Melanie Benson Strick, the Get Real Revolution, President and Founder of Success Connections and Lifestyle Business Coach. And we have Ann Potts, Sharing Your Authentic Journey, CEO and Founder Executive Performance Fuel Strategy. Sorry, guys, strategy, executive coach and motivational consultant.
2: And today is really going to bring a lot of insight into this, Julianne. Well, absolutely. And I cannot wait. And I know we're we're just poised to start off with Stephanie. Let's invite her in.
1: We are so pleased to have Stephanie Frank joining us today. And for over 22 years, Stephanie has been she is the best-selling author of The Accidental Millionaire and president of the Success IQ University, which has been helping people become peak performers to help them get more of what they want most at work and at home. And she is internationally recognized expert in the psychology of human behavior and rapid change brain technology, coupled with her 15 plus computer engineering systems trainings and certifications from Novell, Microsoft, and Cisco that make her a modern day transformational guru. Stephanie, it is such a pleasure to invite you to our show.
3: Oh, Mary, Julianne, it's so exciting to be here. And I just love, love, love this topic because it is such a fundamentally important um, piece of information that I think so
2: many people miss. Well, I think so too, Stephanie. And, you know, one of the things that that I've found so pivotal is for us to understand what authentic power is. You know, when I, when I talk about my work in the creative process, I talk about the fact that authentic power comes from within us and it, and it's activated by choice. Whereas the kind of coercive power that we're often more familiar with is, is activated by force or fear. And so tell us what it means in your work when you Ab- talk about authentic power.
3: Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a formula, you know, I've got a, uh... I'm going to have a new book coming out pretty soon. It's called The Passion Project, and it's really about this. Look, when you align yourself, your strength, your passion with the work that you do, you cannot help but be successful. And that's what authenticity is really all about, is really being true to you, being true to your word. And most people don't even stop to think, nor do they even understand, some of the unconscious things that are driving us toward a Toward authenticity and there are two major components two major components. The first one is your value system Now a lot of people have heard of values before but they sort of throw them away What you don't realize is that your values are your unconscious driver that by which you make all of your decisions So don't you think it would be kind of important to know what's really important to you? (laughs) consciously
2: Well, without doubt, and yet, um, so many of us don't take the time to really think about that and define what we hold most important in our lives and work.
3: That's exactly it, and that's the first part to being authentic. If you say that family is really, really important to you, and you're on the road 300 days a year and you never get to see your kids, you are living completely out of integrity with what you say is important to you. And what that does is it causes a ripple effect. Not only are you out of integrity, which, you know, in your mind, you say, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, I should be going home more, I should, 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 should. So it causes a cognitive dissonance in your brain. It also causes trouble within your body. It can cause physical symptoms. And so it starts with just something simple like anxiety uh, because you know you're your your unconscious body knows you're living out of integrity with what's important, so it will cause these physical symptoms to come up. This is why people are getting sick. This is why a huge reason why people um, are are uh, having challenges later in life is because they spend their entire career out of alignment with who they really are and what's important to them. They go to a job every day that they don't like that doesn't serve their values, and you can't live like that and be healthy.
1: Well, that is for sure. And when you are out of balance like that, life is not joyous. It is not fun. How, Stephanie, how do we get to the point that we start living that kind of life? What are the things that bring us to that point? And then if we can also discuss what are some of the things that we can do in our lives to change that and bring ourselves to a new place of authenticity within our lives?
3: I love that you said that. Well, you know, you already touched on part of it, and it's a choice you know you you can choose to start living true to your values and living true to your strengths any day anytime you want and that's in our, in our work that's mostly what happens is people come in they are they're, they're unhappy they know something's got to change but they don't know what so the first thing the first thing that you need to do is you need to really discover uncover answer this question what's important to you about your life this will start you on a journey to discover your values. And the, the, the top three values is really what you're going after. What are the top three things that you that are most important to you? You can literally then hold that up as part of a blueprint. This is the, the beginning of what I call your passion blueprint. You hold up your values and you say, okay, is the life I'm living or the work I'm doing, does this serve value number one, number two, and number three? And you're going to either get all yeses or all noes, in which case the choice is obvious. But what we've found is that some people, most people, will try to negotiate. You know, it's, well, it doesn't really serve my first value, but it does serve my second and third, so therefore it's okay. I, I can tell you right now, if you're not serving your first three values, you are on the wrong path. And that's really the first step, is, to, is, is getting, getting honest with what's happening and the blueprint uh, of your life. I just had a woman who's in a career transition. Um, she retired from a job that she loved about, tw- uh, she was in it for 25 years. For the last three years, she's been doing something different. We, and she wasn't happy, but she didn't know why, because for all intents and purposes, she supposedly is doing what she loves. We did this blueprint. We held it up and not one of her values was being served by doing this new job. She stopped on a dime and changed her life around. This is how fast it can happen. Within two weeks, she had a whole different team. She was working in her strengths. She was doing the work that she loved to do. She was back. She was excited ready to go. Two weeks. That's all it took.
2: You know, Stephanie, that is one of the most profound things about this type of work that we do is, that once people recognize that they're out of alignment and once they then are able to accept, not only accept, but embrace choosing for themselves, what am I here to do? What, where's my joy? Where is my passion? And uh-huh. how does that align with what's most important to me, my values? Once they make that shift, all of that energy... All of that creativity that's been bound up in that misalignment begins to flow. Don't you find that?
3: Without a doubt. And not only that, but opportunities that have been there all along that you couldn't see before because you have the blinders on trying to make something happen over here in an inauthentic way. Now, all of a sudden, when you step back, admit that it's not working and start moving, start looking at new opportunities. And all of a sudden, the world just becomes, it just opens wide up and new things happen uh, to to support your choice of living true to yourself and living authentically.
1: I wanted to ask you, Stephanie, how does this play into, you know, a lot of people are using the law of attraction, as the way that they're creating within their lives. How would this apply in this situation?
3: You know, I just did a blog, a blog post, one of the most popular posts I ever did. It says, why the law of attraction doesn't work. <laughs> and, uh, and not that I think it doesn't work, because I actually am a great manifester myself, and I see people using it all over the, t- all over the place. But here's how this has to fit in. Uh, the law of attraction, with the law of attraction, there is a very important piece that I think is missing for a lot of people that they really that they can use to get the law of attraction to work better for them, and that is this. You know, with many law of attraction, we talk about you know, okay, what is it that you want? Um, you know, visualize it, expect that it'll happen, let go of the outcome. That's basically the process of the law of attraction. Watch for signs. The thing is, is that there has to be somewhere along the way a decision. It's not enough just to say. This is what I want. So, you know, I I mean, I want a new car, right? I want a new car. Okay, law of attraction, send me a new car. I want a new car. But it's not until I decide to have that new car. I'm going to have a new car. Now I'm going to take actions that will be congruent with achieving that end result. And I think that simple process of making a decision and then checking in to make sure that it's within your value system, that's really important, But making that decision changes how you experience the law of attraction. And I know for me, that has been the the very subtle but very important part of that system. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Yes, and I I have a, a kind of a tandem question to that, Stephanie, and it so relates to authenticity and the law of attraction and it's something that's been coming up and I would love your thoughts on it. And that is, um, you know, the law of attraction, so much, uh, so much power there. It's universal creative principles as we know. Uh And, and one of the things that people seem to have really embraced is this idea that you only want to think about positive things, the things that you want to have happen. And I, and I believe that as well. And yet, there is a balance between what I call, you know, the realm of what is, what already exists in this realm for us, and what can be, what we're creating or co-creating. Mm-hmm. And there's a creative tension between those two. That's at the center of my work. And so here's the thing. If we're only acknowledging and thinking always about what we want to have happen, there is a, uh, almost, um, almost a built-in uh, tendency if we don't acknowledge at all how we're feeling today, what it, what is authentic for us today? Am I feeling a bit challenged today? And I'm not able to be authentic about that as well. Not to be a victim, but but to be able to share that and get support and encouragement around that. Um, It almost is like we feel like we must wear a mask all the time. Everything has to be rosy. And so where is the balance that we can find? In using these laws, and yet being authentic in that,
3: you know, I love that you just said that because I, I think, I think for a lot of people, I'm, I think we're a nation of big fat liars. You know, we walk on. Hey, how you doing today? <laughs> oh, everything's great. Hey, you know, oh, it's wonderful. That's a lie. That's a lie. Um, and especially in these kind of times where everything's shifting, and uh, you know, everybody, whether you are homeless on the street or whether you're a multi-billionaire. Every person right now is having some kind of challenge because of this economic environment. And, you know, so to be to say uh, and and the reason I know I was just talking with somebody the other day, he's a a multimillionaire mentor of mine. And he's having a huge challenge because so many people are coming to him wanting help and advice and mentoring and this and that. And he's frustrated because he can't get to them all. And he is also noticing that a lot of his friends in that high level income bracket are having financial challenges and he's having I wouldn't say financial challenges, but he's, he's he's hanging on to his money. So it doesn't matter who you are, everybody's got the challenge. And he was telling me about that the other day in a really authentic way. I you know, I'm frustrated on this and that. You know, aren't things great? He's like, yeah, I have a I have a great life and I have this challenge in front of me. It's just it's about being honest. I love what he said is you know, being honest about how you're feeling about something without being a victim to it. Because I know you've experienced the opposite. I know I have. You know, people, oh, things are horrible. It's bad. Why does all this bad stuff happen to me? I hate it. That's not okay. That's not authentic. That's letting your emotions rule you. What you're talking about here is uh, in, in... uh it could be described as an emotional intelligence. Right? Juliet is... Uh... Uh, and Mary, it's you know I, I'm experiencing an emotion, but I'm not letting it rule me.
2: Well, absolutely, I, it is it is an emotional intelligence, um, and and it is it is an authenticity. It's an acceptance. You know, part of of um, being able to choose is accepting um, uh-huh. what what you know. Not fighting against the universe, as Deepak Chopra so brilliantly says, um, and. To acknowledge something is not to give your power away to it.
3: Absolutely. absolutely. I think acknowledging it is really important. You know, what we consider to be, quote, negative emotions is just the human experience. And uh, the way I like to think of it is, you know, an emotion is sort of like a negative emotion is sort of like an unwanted neighbor coming to your door with a cake and and ringing the doorbell, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. And you not wanting to talk to the neighbor, so what do you do? You hunker down in the couch and you pretend like they can't see you, and you, you know. And the the longer you resist, the longer you ignore the doorbell, the more the doorbell's going to go off. So the other thing you can do is you can just open the door, say thank you, I'm really busy right now, and uh, I can't talk, and keep moving. And that's how you can experience your emotions as an observer,
2: not as a victim to your emotions. Well, I think that's it, um, uh, Stephanie, is that emotions, if we can think about this, emotions are part of our information system. They're a feedback system.
4: They are.
2: And if we are not able to acknowledge even the negative emotions, that is information for us. It doesn't mean we need to react to it or um, that it takes us out of our trajectory toward what we want. And yet it's valuable information. Hey, we should pay attention to this. What part of this is information that could be useful to me? What part of well, this is telling me that I might be out of alignment with, that's exactly with it, it. you know, at some point, right?
3: That, well, that's exactly it. And when you're out of alignment with your values and with your strengths, going, just even going back to that, when you have, I call it a values violation, you will experience negative emotions. You will experience isolation, depression, sadness, fear, worry, You'll experience all of those things when you're out of alignment, and that's why you know I, I so want people to hear that there is a formula, there is a blueprint, so to speak, to figure out what's going on. It's just they don't teach you this stuff in school, and anytime you got that values violation and you're experiencing those emotions, that's a clear indicator that you need to stop and you need to hold that up to to your situation. Those three top values, and say okay. What is happening here that is causing me to feel these emotions? what Where am I out of alignment? It's really it's so simple to find. I just wish more people would do it to become more authentic.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know we're in a great time of change here on this planet, which is incredibly exciting and change can be very good. And mm-hmm. what I wanted to ask you, is because so many people are getting caught up in the emotion of some of the changes and some of the things that are coming through. What are your suggestions? And obviously, you know, what you were just talking about is very important in this, but how do you do it more on the outside influence level? Mm -hmm.
3: That's a great question uh, as well. You know, one of the most important, important things, especially during times of, of great change, is you've got to stay here in the present moment. Um, it's way too easy during times of change to be projecting out into the future and saying, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if? Now I'm not saying that you don't, you shouldn't have a plan and you shouldn't have, you know, some, some milestones for the future. What I'm saying is stop living out there because none of that stuff has happened and it's detrimental. It's scary detrimental to be living out there in, in the future full of anxiety and fear. Nothing has happened out there yet. So, you know, I I was talking with a client yesterday, and she was worried about three months from now, if she makes these changes that she's wanting to make in her business, then it's going to cause this other thing to happen. And she was all worried about this thing for three months from now, which, frankly, was a really unimportant thing. But it's easy. It's just where we go right now. And and I said, no, come back. Let's take this. we got to take this one step at a time. We've got to look at where we're at. Right now, take one step. Right now, and that's the process of constantly coming back. Of course, there are you know mental and emotional processes and things like that as well. But that's the practice of of being in this, this present moment. That's all there is is right now.
2: You know, Stephanie, we so underestimate how powerful our imaginations are. <laughs> right, 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 and right. so we can be the most powerful imaginators of of the, all the what ifs that might happen right oh, um yeah and so we can be the most creative warriors <laughs> ever and yet where then do we focus our imagination once again on what is it that we want to create in the world mm-hmm. what is that experience we want to sh- we want to have for ourselves and we want to share with those whom we serve that is a good that is a good way to use our our imagination to imagine all the things that could go wrong now that is you know a destructive a kind of a negative use of imagination um, it's, and again that that feedback that we get when we worry it's like okay there may be information here if there's something that you're worried about there may be some information to pay attention to and yet to allow your to, to allow your emotions to carry you away and, and your, and to give your power away to the what ifs really, then you're relinquish you're relinquishing your choice to do something about it. And it could be, as you said, it could be something so minor. It could be such a, such an easy fix. And that's why we need others perspective as well. Don't you think?
3: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I, uh, I am reminded when you were just saying easy fix, I speaking with someone yesterday who was all worried about teaching a new employee how to how to run one of their systems and their computer systems and their computer apparently she had to go through some gyration to make something print and I only have a printer over here and so this one can and I can't teach her out of this because you know you know the thinking, right? <laughs> this is how this is going and she's going on and on and on and she, and I said, Well what do you need? She said, I need another printer. I said, So go get another printer. I mean <laughs> how hard is <laughs> Go get another Oh. But she'd been ruminating over this for three days because she didn't want to teach this person this complex system that was kind of kludgy and clunky, but a simple fix would have solved the problem. So she went and got a printer and everything was fine. Uh, and, and you're right, we do need that external, uh, that external input everybody does because we can't always see, I call it standing on the dot. If we're standing on the dot, we can't see the dot, and we need somebody else to help us with that everybody needs that
1: Stephanie you know I love this conversation and it goes into a lot of the previous shows that Julianne and I've been doing you know within this new year really talking about that recreation of self and co-creation within our lives and how we can make those starts right now and so one of the things that we love to do on this show is share some different tips and ideas for making the choice at this moment to take a step forward. Could you help us with a little bit of your process?
3: Absolutely. You know, the we've already talked about values. You've got to have something by which to measure your choices. So the first thing you've got to do is find out what, you know what's important to you. Uh, because when you know what's important to you and you have that blueprint, you can then demand of yourself. You can make that choice. You can say, I'm going to live true to my values." If there's really no magic to it. It's, it's a you must get to a place where you care more about you than you care about how it's all going to happen. You care more about living true to yourself than you care what's out there. So that's the that's really the first part. The second the second part of it is playing to your strengths uh, and what you're good at, and it, for that. If you were to take an inventory uh, of everything that you do, say, in a week, and you were to write down all those tasks and all those, you know, all those things you do in a week, whether it's for your household, whether it's for your work, whether it's, you know, whatever, and you look at all of those tasks, I would question how many of those tasks are you working in, do you love to do, how, and how many of them are you, are you trying to slog through just because you have to do them? It's imperative that you get rid of the have-to-do's or the hate-to-do's so that you can work in your strengths with the, with the things that you love. Those are the first two steps.
2: Stephanie, what, what about how you really, you know, I would think one of your greatest strengths, um, in fact, I'm amazed at, at uh, all of the technical credentials you have. You're such a left-brain uh, guru, goddess, and, and yet, you know, the work that we do to guide people in creating and, and aligning with their, their purpose in life is really a, a right brain, creative, imaginative thing. So what about um, – what kind of guidance do you give people for really uh, balancing out their whole brain, their they're really being able to use all their assets to create what they really want?
3: Well, we have nat- we have natural assets, and uh, you know, believe it or not, um, I, when I when I test out on my level of creativity, I'm almost at the top of the charts on that. Most people think that just because I have a lot of computer knowledge, uh, that it's all linear and left brain, and the truth is, I have a lot of troubleshooting knowledge, which is a very creative uh, creative process. So they, they, you know, so you you balance together between process. This is how I do it anyway, because I happen to have a very balanced brain, um, but between process. What are the steps I need to take? You've got to have steps. You have to have a map. You have to have a blueprint to, to do anything in your life. You can't just be totally creative and, oh, I think I'll do this. I think I'll do that. You have to have something to measure it again. So we, we take process and we take creativity and we marry those two things together so that you can be creative within your structure of your life.
2: Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You know, I think that um, one of the things that, that fascinates me is that um, we humans <laughs> in this realm, mm-hmm. we, we see things, we value things so much more um, than process in so many ways. Um, and yet, underneath it all, Everything is in process. Everything mm-hmm. is in process, and and uh, and so you know it's uh, you know do you find in your work it's it's interesting how people want a quick fix they want the outcome and yet may you know resist going through the process.
3: Oh, absolutely, because as we talked about before, you know we're we're emotional human beings, and so. While there is a process, a part of that process is also about handling and dealing with, uh, emotional states of change. Because as humans, we don't, uh, we don't necessarily like to have change happen, even if it's the change that's going to make us into our authentic, our our authentic self. And that's really the important part is understanding that, you know, if you really do want to be happy, if you really do want to be authentic and joyful and fulfilled, and and leave a legacy at the end of your life. You know, who wants to sit at their deathbed and with a bunch of regrets that I wish I would have? Uh nobody does. In order if that's the if that's the life you want to have at the end of your life, then you must go through the process of alignment to your authenticity to make that happen. So yeah, people do resist. They're scared. Makes sense? Um uh, and that's why there are so many people out there to help people make that shift because it's happening faster and faster and faster um, as these times are changing.
1: Well, it is. And it is so exciting to watch it happen. You know, when you can see it, you know, thanks to the internet, there is the opportunity to spread this kind of information and voices and different opportunities you know, that people can participate in. And so there is a very big shift that's happening on this planet right now.
3: Oh yeah. Without it, without a doubt. There are more people in transition um, in their career than ever before. 55% of all people are in the wrong job r- running against who they really are. That's 55% of all people are, are being inauthentic every day when they wake up. And, 60% of all people, a brand-new study just came out that said these people would just walk away from what they're doing in their career, in their life, um, today, if they if they could do something else. So this uh, that, that, that's 60% of our population, you guys. That means six out of every ten people need this kind of change in their life, need to connect with their authenticity. And not only do they need to, they want to. So that's the biggest number ever. Uh, in this in this time of people that are unhappy with their lives and with their work,
2: yes, and 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 if we just take a moment to think about that, fifty five to sixty percent, not in alignment with who they are, what they're here to do, in alignment with their highest expression, their greatest sharing their greatness, their greatest gifts, and not living in that joy that comes when you're able to do that, Uh you see. They're they're in pain. Yes, and then even beyond that 60%, Stephanie, I think that's definitely a good number, uh, an accurate number, and yet um, even people who are somewhat in alignment and yet not shining at the level that they could. Um, And so now I think is a time for all of us to reconnect with our creative power that's already within us. As we started talking about that is choosing authentically. And that is the mechanism of creation. As I say, that is our choice in any instant. And we choose. And so as we, to bring back back the process of point, we choose in every instant we are choosing our highest life in every instant. And when you shift it like that, that gives us energy rather than taking it away, right? That gives us the energy to say, oh, I'm choosing more and more of what I want every day. And doesn't that really be- begin to make this an exciting journey rather than the slog through the tasks that you talked about? Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And and it does
3: put you back on uh, truly on the journey because... When you are living authentically and you're making choices authentic to you, not because you that sounds like a good idea or it's some I have a gut feeling or a, no, not that. When you have your blueprint and you make a choice, it says yes, I'm going to take this opportunity because it serves my values, it serves my strengths. You are making conscious choices toward possibility, and what happens is. They come, it's almost like your life, you get in the flow and your life kind of slows down almost as the opportunities just keep coming and you just keep choosing and choosing and choosing. You stop, when you're living authentically, you stop trying to project out into the future how something is going to happen. Instead, you start walking along the path and it's almost like picking up little gold coins along the way. It's like, oh, here's the piece, oh, here's the next piece, oh, here you go, And versus the whole big plan, It's a very different way of being.
1: Stephanie, I want to thank you so much for such an incredible time with you and an interview and all of the information that you have shared today. It's very insightful for all of us to be able to have the opportunity to share in your wisdom and that that we really do have a great opportunity to create that life. And I think it's going to empower a lot of people in listening to this interview and making choices right now. And now there are other ways that you can help people and your website is just fantastic. You have so many different products available. You've got your books. And so I'd like to give you the opportunity to talk about some of the different things that are coming up for you and to also talk about how people can connect with you and, and be part of your training and coaching as well.
3: Oh, excellent. Well, uh, you know, the, Thank you so much. First of all, I want to say for both of you, Mary and Julianne, I mean, this is such a phenomenal topic, and as you can tell, we're all, we're all passionate about it, and I'm so glad that you're, you're bringing this word out, because it's really, really important. Uh, the, you know, as far as, uh, as connecting, you know, there's some fun things that you can do to start really connecting with your passion, connect with your values and style. We have a couple of free things that, uh, that you can try to do that. Um, the first thing is called the Success IQ Quiz. We believe that, that there is a success intelligence, and when you learn these things that we're talking about, your intelligence raises, so you got to find out where your success IQ is now. So you can take a short little quiz, that's just kind of a fun way to get started. And if you want to delve in a little bit deeper, uh, you can take our long-form test that will tell you what your values are, what your strengths are, where you need to really focus, and that's a little bit longer. So. Those uh, I'll give you two websites. The quiz is at successiqquiz.com. That's successiqquiz.com. And the long-form test is at successiqtest.com. Now, if you're not interested in any of those but you want to join a community of people who are dedicated to making positive change and and putting passion back in their lives, you can check us out at the university, which is at successiqquiz.com iqu.com
2: Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing those resources, those sites I know we're going to have a lot of in- interested listeners coming to visit thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and, and your time with us today on Conscious Shift and we hope to have you back soon
3: and thanks to the two of you, I appreciate you
2: we appreciate you too We are so pleased today on Conscious Shift to have a very special guest, Melanie Benson-Strick, who is the president and founder of Success Connections, Inc. She is a longtime successful lifestyle business coach, and she's also founded what I think is a really uh, inspiring and intriguing get Real revolution. It's both uh, a radio show that Melanie has launched and also, I think, a movement. Is that correct, Melanie? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. You know, I guess it does
5: kind of feel like a movement. I, I started by calling it a revolution, and it feels to me like it's about creating community around something that everybody's starting to feel. A lot of people have been in unrest about, and instead of Kind of like shutting the door and putting it in the closet, and everybody kind of talking about behind the scenes. It's like, let's just get it out there. let's let's create a space for it to be okay that, that people are going through this transformation and finding their way back to being in a more real, authentic. and I hopefully will feel like a much more transparent place that we
2: do business from. Perfect, you know, and and that is just perfect because today we're talking about you know living authentically, in an age of transparency. And you just nailed it. How do we begin to be authentic in that space? And one of the things that really struck me right off the bat about your Get Real Revolution, and actually, if folks want to go there, it's just getrealrevolution.com. If you go there, one of the first things really struck me, Melanie, is that number one, I love that you start out saying it's, you know, a, a space, a community where it's actually cool to talk your truth. <laughs> I'm
5: glad you like that. You know, uh, it just I, kind of slipped out of my mouth one day. It's just like, it's when is it going to be cool to talk the truth? And it just kind of stuck.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I think it's so important because um, lots and lots, especially in business over the years, we've all seen it. We've all been affected by it. These Many faces, these many masks, sometimes we feel like we, we wear our are our, our being um, need to wear to succeed, and yet what I, what I was struck by, this first thing that you have on your site here, have you focused so hard on creating a successful business that you somehow lost yourself mm-hmm. in the process?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I always, like, I get this little lump in my stomach when that sentence Get said because, you know, just to even give a little bit of the backstory of where Get Real Revolution kind of came from, you know, last year, and, and I think probably for a little bit before that even, I, I really, I got lost, and you and I talked about it a little bit, you yeah, know, I felt, I, I just felt so disoriented and so disconnected and so not me, and it was probably one of the best gifts that I've personally experienced in a long time because that's not necessarily who I am. you know I'm one of those people that everybody's like, oh, you're so clear, you get you you you, you know you leap these tall buildings all the time, you can accomplish so much and but when I'm not clear, when I don't know what my next steps are i I'm lost, and that loss really translates sometimes to feeling like my mojo just like goes down into this deep abyss and I can't get out. It's, it's not a good place for me. And so, first of all, I, I had to really create a sense of peace with not knowing where I wanted to go. And I, I won't get into all the gory details unless you want to go there, but a lot of it came from the fact that I had set some plans in motion and really was moving forward on some things that were tied to other people. And those other people decided that they didn't want to play together in that realm that some things in their own life, in their own business, were coming up, which is perfectly humanly normal, but it, like, rocked my world because I had created some massively big plans connected to another person. And part of my getting real, this revolution that unfolded for me, was I fell apart in a lot of ways. You know, I there is my gift that I'm always good at, and I, it's like in that moment when I, when I do my mentoring and my coaching, like, I'm on. But I didn't know where else I wanted to go. And it wasn't looking the way I wanted it to look. And I got scared. And I got sad and, you know, just really frustrated. And I started talking to some of my colleagues about it and some of my friends that I trust. And just in reaching out, because I'm one of those people that I I know that if I reach out and I connect with other people, I, I reconnect to my inspiration. But what happened by reaching out, was I was learning that I wasn't alone, that other people were in trauma for one reason or another, whether they felt like they lost their way and had kind of gotten controlled into a place where they were doing business because their mentors suggested this rather than really feeling that heartfelt connection. Or, you know, maybe the the thing they'd been doing for a while was not really resonating with their clients. And so they were not in a cash flow mode that they were used to. They they Their cash had gone away and they were scared. And it was hard and and I'm you know I'm seeing other people very very visible very well known authors and speakers who their lives are falling apart um you know and they they were hiding behind it they were scared to let people know about it and here the people that did know about it are going just let us know, let us be there you're human it's okay and they're running and afraid from it, and I'm watching all this turmoil last year in our industry for multiple reasons and I one day sat there at lunch with a girlfriend and I said, Why is it so hard for people just to talk the truth? Why does it have to be this taboo thing where we all have to posture and, you know, like position and make everybody think it's okay when it's not? And now the people that are trying to learn from these teachers and mentors and coaches and experts are thinking everything's okay in their world, and they're on fire, and I'm not. So what's wrong with me? <laughs> it's just this horrible cycle that was creating. And finally, it just, it just like the last straw was when a you know a colleague of mine was just in massive turmoil and pain because. She had lost her way and had, you know, been told by a mentor of hers that she needed to kind of boister her numbers a little bit so this mentor would look good. And I went, enough, enough. It's like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with the hype. I'm done with doing what all these people say you should do. I'm going back to the place where I came from, which is you do what comes from your heart, from your passion, and you build your business around that. And you create from the space of truth and transparency rather than posturing and hype. It's like I don't care anymore what that looks like at the end. I am only willing to be in a space of business, in a space of partnership, in a space of association, in a space of working with clients who want to live there. That's where it came from.
2: That is so profound and powerful Melanie, I know you're not trying to be profound, but I I do hope everyone is listening closely to what Melanie is saying here. First of all, showing such courage to take the lead, Melanie, and speaking that truth and not being afraid to say, hey, it's not going the way that I thought it would go. You know, because that's a huge part of being an entrepreneur, to be honest, is that you're charting new you're charting new territory you're breaking new ground all of the time and there aren't any proven there really aren't always those proven paths as much as people would like for us to believe that there are the paint by numbers ways to be a successful entrepreneur um, at some point we all make that that path our own and we're breaking new ground and some things are going to work and some things are not going to work Mm-hmm. And yet in that, in that kind of hallowed sphere, it's like we're never supposed to admit any kind of, you know, failure or, or fear. Well, but you know, this is what's the craziest
5: thing is I'm scared to death. Every time I talk about it, I feel sick to my stomach. And, and here's why. Because I was not conditioned to live in a place where it's okay to talk about what's not working in our lives. I was conditioned to always make things look good. I mean, I actually grew up in a home that followed and studied law of attraction before it became very popular. I mean, I was born into, uh, you know, a spiritual home, even though it wasn't practiced to the level that I practice it today. Like, that was the conversation. And and the, the piece of the conversation that I grew up in was the, what I call kind of the bastardized version of law of attraction, which is you fake it till you make it you always put your best foot forward. You focus on the positive. And I and honestly, that is we don't want to be negative, but I think sometimes you have to talk your truth and be real with yourself. You can't put on that face and pretend. And so I was so used to like putting on the face and and just like faking it till I make it, I just started to live in this place where I would just you know, like, let's just talk about the positive. <laughs> it's like when I worked at Motorola my colleagues always used te- to tease me, they used to say, well, you quit being so flipping Pollyanna all the time. You know, it's like, what is up with you? And I was just trained to be positive. And I realized, you know what, I can be positive and I can focus on what's good in my life. But if we don't all start talking about the truth and, and, and just be willing to be more real about this journey. And, and as human beings doing business, it gets messy. It gets ugly. We make mistakes. Um, We oftentimes do things that we would like to crawl under the bed and, you know, like, I don't even mean under the sheets, I mean under the bed and, like, hide because you feel so bad about what happened. And that happened to me multiple times last year. It was just like, I just wish that, you know, like, I wish I could do that better. God, it's like knowing what I know now, I completely screwed up. And, okay, so what do we do with all that? And what I was realizing is so many people were giving up on their dreams they were starting to doubt their real authentic gift. They were starting to really fear being successful in business because it, the road was getting tougher. The last year for many people showed us what it's like to create a business when it's not all rosy, And you either give up and go back to work or you know, go bankrupt or whatever, or you figure out how to muddle through it without it being perfect. And it, I just want to be really clear. Every time I talk about it, it's hard because it's scary because I don't know how to do this. I just figured, hell, why not talk about it? <laughs> it's like it's not working to not talk about it. So, and, and if I could give one person the gift of knowing what it's like to create from a place of everything not being perfect all the time, and that would empower them to step into this journey and create a business that they absolutely love, and know that 80% of the time it's going to be amazing and that's what we're shooting for here, then I feel like this journey has been
2: worth it. Yes. And Melanie, you know, it's so wonderful that, that you are, I think in the midst of sharing this important message, really taking your voice to a higher level. And this message and this mission and this work, and this thought leadership, I think, is the next in, you know, in, in, in power arc language, your next arc of creation is taking you higher mm-hmm. in, into, a, into a space of leadership that actually is going to benefit you and your business because you are creating space where people can be authentic
5: yeah, I so appreciate you saying that, and and hearing that from somebody who I think is such a thought leader in this movement and in this work, it just it just like it just makes my body feel happy inside because you know I've been one of those people that I believe that everything that I've gone through in my life was fodder. It was like the training to be a better mentor and a better coach. And, you know, like, even, like, looking at what's happening in the public media, I don't know how much you fall – don't actually not a big news watcher, but lately, like, just in the nick of time, I'm having to catch things. And, like, wow, I was supposed to see that. You know, Mark um, – I think it's a Mark McGrath, the baseball player who has been, you know, in the spotlight for steroids use. You know, he's doing this whole thing about coming clean because it has been so painful to carry around something that feels like a shadow or a secret. And he knows that people – you know, like him are in pain. And so he wants to come clean. And then there's what's, ha- I don't know if, you got, if you've if seen the, the Domino's delivery ads. They're very clever, but they, you know, they're, they started to tank. They did really bad financially. And they said, what do we need to do? And so they're, they're really using this process of getting back to their truth, which is their original recipe and sharing with people, we screwed up. We, we, we disconnected, we, we stopped listening to what was working. We started focusing on numbers and then the numbers went away. And so, you know, we get it. Let's, let's get back to what you want from us. And they, they created this great advertising series around it. And so it's kind of like, I think a lot of people are starting to realize we need to get back to our truth. As a matter of fact, one of the, the reasons why I got even more fuel to do this is I had some people who were going through my Fast Track to Lifestyle Business program, and they were learning all the right steps, but they're like, something's missing. You know, I feel like I don't know wh- who I really am now that I've learned all this stuff. You've opened up this vortex of, yes, but what do I really want to be when I grow up? And so I realized that you can learn all the right systems to grow your business. You can learn all the things you absolutely have to do to grow, but at the end of the day, All it really does is let you know, are you on track or not? And so, for people who were not really viscerally connected to their true passion, they were just doing a business because it worked, it brought them back to that place where they wanted to get back to their truth. And I thought, well, if I'm not the only one here, I've got clients going back to this place, how do we serve people? And I, you know, I'm the start with just opening the conversation and creating a space to learn and grow. When you find yourself in this place where you're running a business you don't love, where you find yourself feeling like everything is so much work and it's not really energetically paying off for you, you don't feel that connection anymore. When you feel like you've gotten to this place where you're you're like you're not being truthful, you're having to cover your tracks or, you know, you've gotten swept up in something that sounds like a great idea and now you're there and you're going, oh, my goodness, this isn't me. What am I doing? How do I get back? How do I make this transition work? And that's what I feel like Get Real Revolution is about: is let's, let's, you know, let's support you in really reconnecting to a place where you're on fire because everything you do is coming from this amazing place of brilliance unveiled. Have you, um, have you read the book by Gay Hendrickschek, The Big Leap?
2: I haven't read that one. Um... You know, the Corporate Mystic is one of my favorites, uh, but I haven't read The Big Leap.
5: Oh, I lo- the Corporate Mystic was the, one of the books I originally read that got me out of being in the corporate world. By the way, yes, <laughs> like oh, I love this. I've I've had it on my bookshelf for probably 15 years. But um, Gay Hendricks, who also wrote that, wrote this new book, The Big Leap, and I'm really hot about it because it explains so much of what happens when we find ourselves in this disconnect between who we really are and and all the sabotaging habits and the and the drama that we create and the upheaval and the messiness and part of that is when we're either avoiding or getting ready to step into this next evolution of who we are and when we fight it and we we resist against it how much more of that mess and that ugh, all the breakdowns and all the crap that comes up and I love it because it what it does is it really kind of, stills down why do we have all these messinesses that come up and a lot of times it's simply because we're getting ready to grow but we're resisting getting out of our comfort zone and that that was such a big part of what happened to me last year I got so comfortable in this wonderful realm of what I did and I am so good at building teams and helping entrepreneurs learn how to lead and creating you know business systems so that you are able to replicate I mean I'm really good I could do it in my sleep but it's not my greatest calling. And you know what? I'm actually in this moment just remembering something really powerful. When I got out of corporate America, you know, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to transform entrepreneurs and, and you know, people into real thought leaders. But I went down the path that I that everybody told me that people would actually spend money on. Isn't that interesting?
2: It's fascinating and yet not Surprising, right? because um you went with what was familiar and yeah. what was your expertise and built a foundation, not even a foundation of that. you built a, an extremely successful business from that melanie and what and yet what i what we always talk about on um, conscious shift and, and power arc is you know um, there's always more, no matter where you are in that suggest su- you know success trajectory. There's always more, and you're shifting all of your arcs of creation, if you will, to that higher level, and that's exactly the kind of work that we hold in common. Uh, Melanie, I'm so excited to talk about it today, and I know we're going to be talking on your show soon about this, is that the way that we do it, then, is is to recognize that you're exactly right. So many people are starting at... The systems level, the mm-hmm. technology level, the tool level, even the marketing level. And or not the doing the, level.
5: And, like they're just on the doing, right?
2: At the the doing, the acting, the implementation level. Yeah. And not starting at the truth level. What what we talk about as the the greatness level, the unique singular greatness that's within you that you're here to share. What's your message? What's your mission? And we have all really fallen into that following the pattern instead of the passion
5: you know it's interesting about what you just said i think there's two paths to people finding their greatness and one of them is people refuse to move forward till they find it and so actually there's three there's i i refuse to move forward till i find it so we we do a lot of our personal growth work and we we you know get into that space of finding it, and then we move forward into bringing it to the world. Then there's the people who they do what's like I did. Like, okay, I know there's this inkling out there, but I don't know what it means yet, but I need to make money. <laughs> That's right. I need to create some success and some wins. So you you do what you know will work then, and that path through it actually opens up the door to what that greater passion or that greater um, mission is that, that you know you, you're meant to bring to the world. And then I think the third one is you muddle somewhere in between. You know, you you kind of create as you go, and, and some people are really good at that. I don't think there's a wrong path. I think maybe part of what I'm really excited—I don't think I know—part of what I'm really excited about in the Get Real Revolution is to help normalize whatever path you've been on, and to take away the stigma of it's a failing to know the parts of you that are no longer meant to be. Executed on are falling away because you really have this bigger gift inside of you. And as long as you stay comfortable making money and doing this other piece, you will never have the catalyst to move into that next dimension. And that's what I think people need sometimes is to know if there's no wrong path. It's just you're on one of those paths. And when you get there, that's when you need to really connect with a mentor or the support systems or the community that gets that and can support you as you make that next leap.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that you can make that shift and be supported all along the way. Yeah. And, and know that we're all finding our way to that place, to our highest, greatest expression. You know, I had a phenomenal interview with Daniel Pink about his new book, uh, drive the, the secrets behind what really motivates us. And he really cites, Melanie, that that there's 40 years of scientific evidence that points out to us that it's not just about money that Mm -hmm. motivates us. Mm -hmm. Um, And that there are actually, you know, uh, just quickly, you know, three levels that will resonate with you and resonate with our listeners about what really motivates us. And he calls it autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Autonomy being the drive to direct your own life. Mastery being the drive to get better at stuff that matters. And purpose, the drive to connect with a cause greater than yourself.
5: Mm, I'm loving it. Isn't that well, beautiful that that and yet so brilliant.
2: true? The drive, yes. that's what it was. Okay. Next yes, on my reading co- list. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and so... What he pointed out, one of the great examples you see, is that many of the greatest creations, in fact, most of the greatest innovations in the last decade or even, even maybe the last you know two decades have come from the creative time that businesses like Google and, and other innovative companies have allowed. Their employees, for instance, Google allows 25% of their employee time to be dedicated for people to work on what they want to work on, relative to the business. And Gmail was born out of that freedom. Mm. And then we look at whole operating systems that are open sourced or crowd sourced, like Linux, or you know, iPhone applications that are just amazing that people have created on their own and i reminded dan on our call that you know warren bennis one of the greatest writers about leadership one of the best quotes i've got and you know one of my favorite quotes from him is that people are rewarded by the creative process itself everyone wants to do meaningful work
5: That's really interesting because in the work that I do, one of the things I I teach the leaders that I work with is the different motivation strategies that people have. And, you know, with people that are, we do have a very small, actually not small, but there is a segment of entrepreneurs and people in general that are very driven by results. But everybody else, they're tied to uh, their meaning and their value in work is actually different, and what ends up happening sometimes is the complications and the strife and the competitiveness and the misunderstandings comes from not understanding and not creating space for people to be motivated differently than we are, and so I'm equally motivated by results and, you know, the dollar and the bottom line and the achievement as I am from making a difference, making a difference actually higher, but there are some people who are completely driven by this You know, results alone. And then there are people who are completely driven by, am I making a difference? And they lose sight of the rest. And it's about finding that space where all of these energies come together to balance movement and moving forward, and kind of the the male energy of, of, you know, conquering with the the female energy of creating. So I I love that you're you're bringing this forward with Daniel Pink and everything. I'm gonna have to go check it out. I want to see how it fits into the model I've been using.
2: Well, absolutely. And and what you're pointing out is important too, Melanie is that these incentives like money, I mean, being paid, we have to have sustenance. These are what Dan is saying is that these are necessary, but no longer sufficient. Right. The results are important. Of course, bringing things into this tangible world and, and being sustainable, which is another area that you're an expert in is that, you know, having a sustainable lifestyle business so that so that you've got more juice, more passion, more power to continue to create rather than becoming just burnt out. And and so what i find though and i think what what to come full circle around to the get real revolution and this community you're creating is that um when people find themselves either at the end of the success and and the results are there but they're still not feeling it, it's like is this all there is? Or the patterns aren't working like they thought they would. Um, either way, they come to that point, that pivot point that you're talking about, where they start to ask themselves, "Now, what is this really about? What am I really here to do? Don't you think there's that point for either? You know, because there are so many people who are millionaires who get to that point and say, gosh, I've got all these things is that all there is to it
5: yeah I do and I I think there's a there's a whole other call we could probably do around that that arc as you say uh, I can't remember who it was but there's some pretty big transformationalists that did a lot of work around human potential and and how some people will continually grow and evolve and hit these new levels of, of consciousness and you know personal growth and some people don't and it has a lot to do with um, your culture, but it also has a lot to do with your surroundings and what you educate yourself with and what you expose yourself with. And the, mo- the more you expose yourself to people who are moving and growing and shifting and changing, the more that taps that part of you. And what's so fascinating is is that some people live underneath this blanket of should and I have to make other people happy and they give their power away to Other people's needs and requirements that they suppress this ability to really step into what is my greatest expression. So that's a big piece of how well people are able to access that is how much shoulding they're doing to themselves that's keeping them stuck where they are right now.
2: Yes, I love that. I love that. And 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 shoulding is about what it sounds like. Yeah. That, that
5: was should, actually a Thomas Leonardism. I should give credit where that's due in, in our coach training is there. Yeah, we've talked about where we should ourselves or, you know, are we shooting on ourselves? And it, like I said, it does sound a lot like something else and that's really what it is. <laughs> it's, it's very you know, getting under the muck.
2: <laughs> yes. And we do. I often talk about that. We give our power away to circumstances, to other people, to, to uh, beliefs, limiting beliefs, When it's already and always within us and we can reconnect with our power simply through our choice in any instant to choose something higher in alignment with what you've talked about. What is our truth? What is our purpose? And so then we get at, you know, what is my unique greatest expression in the world? And it is unique because it brings forth all my gifts and all my strengths, my Unique expertise, experience, and my way of expressing it is unique as well. Mm -hmm. And so if you take that as your highest arc of creation, if you will, and all those other arcs align with that in resonance, you're really then shining your light almost like a rainbow across all of those arcs of creation. And finally, you find yourself in that harmony, in that space of flow, and you can shift all of those arcs to, to ever higher levels and and for you melanie I see that literally happening as we speak as you shift into this this new level of arcs that will that will bring forward with that all of the creations and the structure and the systems and the expertise that you have there that you are already guiding people with you're just going to shift and and begin sharing on that higher level what are those higher creations people are wanting to get guidance in.
5: Yeah. And it's interesting. Every time I've had one of these monumental leaps, like it's, it's like pain, 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 pain leap. Oh, wow. Why didn't I do that sooner? (laughs) It's (laughs) like, it's it's like the, the, the flow that comes from being willing to step into the unknown and really just be able to, to, uh, be in your truth with it, whatever it looks like, whatever phase it is is really worth it. So not always easy to get there, but, but, oh, my gosh, the amazing gifts that come from making the shift. I'm I'm so jazzed and so excited. And most importantly, I'm just excited, like, all the great experiences that people are having, how much fun we're having on the show. We have the most – it's like I finally have a place where there's no competition. There's no worry about – You know, is this going to cross over on somebody else's toes? It's like completely a space of, I just want to talk about this with somebody. We're going to dig into... This person's, you know, findings on aligning their authenticity with their business. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, like I'm having Michael Port come on in a couple of weeks to, to talk about guruism and what it means to give up your power to follow a guru. We're going to talk about like the problem with most masterminds and where we've we lost sight of what Napoleon Hill really meant by masterminds. And you, know, I can talk about anything I want on the Get Real Revolution because it's not about selling. It's not about doing anything except for just creating a, a place where we can come and talk about what's the truth and how to really shift into that connection with ourselves. And I'm having a blast. And that's when I know it's the right thing because I'm having a blast and people are loving it.
2: Exactly. And thank you so much, Melanie. I just honor your voice, your leadership, your courage, and and creating this community. And we want to, as we close out, we want to make sure uh, we gave the website for GetRealRevolution.com is, is the easy way to find it online, GetRealRevolution.com. And then, Melanie, are there other links, uh, sites where we should we can send people to find yeah, out more about just, you?
5: Yeah, people just want to come check out what I'm about and what we're doing with people who are entrepreneurs and transforming their businesses, um, you can find us at SuccessConnections.com, and there's an end on the end of – Connections, otherwise, you end up in some weird multi level marketing place. <laughs> so, <laughs> successconnections.com.
2: Okay, beautiful. So, getrealrevolution.com and successconnections.com. Melanie Vincent Strick, thank you so much for being on Conscious Shift with us on Co Creator Radio. I know we've got so much more to talk about. I look forward to future conversations. Me
5: too. Thank you for hosting such an amazing show.
2: Thanks, Melanie. We'll be in touch. All right. Bye, everyone. I want to welcome to Conscious Shift an inspired and inspiring leader and someone whom I think is a unique left brain, right brain balance visionary. And what I mean by that is Anne Potts has a six sigma quality black belt. There's not much more operationally, there's no higher, you know, certification that you can get for being uh at the highest level of operational management and those kinds of things kind of the left brain sequential getting everything organized level and yet as i know ann potts she is also a visionary very creative leader and inspires those with whom she works through creativity and energy flow as well and so so glad to welcome to conscious shift ann potts
6: hi julianne it's great to be with you today I'm really well, I hope cautious. I
2: didn't. I <laughs> hope I didn't go too overboard on the intro, but I really do think it's a unique balance that you bring of the left and right brain. What What are your thoughts about that?
6: Well, you know, I like to think of myself that way too, um, and I think it is true that you kind of, um, you know, that old expression about don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think there is that opportunity for us to balance both those sides and you know there you can be logical and you can be intuitive all at the same time and i think it's it's a great way to be when you when you get that flow going between both sides of you
2: well yes and i think that we do need that that visionary side as well you and i have talked about yes uh, daniel pink and kind of the whole oh, the gosh. whole new mind approach needing both the left brain and the right brain and how the right brain is really coming to the forefront more and more as we move into uh, not just the knowledge society, but an innovation society, Absolutely. really moving into what happens when we're always creating new things and when we're encountering unexpected unexpected change all the time. And I right. know that you're no stranger to unexpected change. In fact, <laughs> you, know, you, you have really uh, – you really shine such a great – light for us on how to overcome change, because you really had a challenge uh, in your life a- after having a spinal cord injury. Tell us what your keys are then to really navigating through change, not just through it, but, but eclipsing it.
6: Well, thanks, Julian. It's, it's uh, 15 years ago that I was in a car accident and sustained a spinal cord injury. And, uh, you know, they told me in the ER that my life was never going to be the same, and they were right, but it it turned out to be in a good way, in in many ways. I mean, certainly I I would have liked an outcome where, you know, it would have been as if it had never happened physically. Um, as you know, I do walk with, with two canes. So, you know, there was some challenge. There was a lot of physical therapy and things like that. But I think for anybody going through a tough time, you know, whether it's a health challenge or what's going on in the economy, um, you know, you can come out thriving from it. You always have the choice of how you're going to be and to create something new, as you always say. You know, there's always that choice to be creative and to look at your life and your experiences differently and, and mold them into whatever you want them to be. Um, so I think I just heard the other day somebody said to me uh, who, who recently went through a health challenge that a nurse told her, well, you have the choice of being bitter or better. And mm. I, I think you always do have that choice. And so for me, I, I thought that was a great way to put it and frame it up and that we always do have the, the choice to create something new and, and to make it better, no matter what it is.
2: Well, you have such a positive outlook and, and also a positive energy that I know that you weave into your work and through your work. How do you find the way through when I'm sure there were dark moments how do you find the way to eclipse the bitter and really get into creating consciously the better?
6: Yeah, I you know, I think a piece of it, you know, the the first thing I think is really is allowing yourself to have some of the negative emotions and let them come out. Um, I know when I initially went through the accident at first, I did go through a period of like, okay, I'm going to be perky all the time here, you know, and a good attitude is key. And, you know, you can... You do have to acknowledge that, that there are moments um, where, where it can be overwhelming and to have people who allow you to safely let that out and who know that that's what you need is just to let it out so that you can move forward. Um, you know, you don't want to stay in it because that's when the bitterness can come, but you do also have to have a valve to let it out. I think you have to find whatever sustains you. And, you know, for some people, that may be their religious faith or it may be their connection to their family. Um, You know, for me, one thing I know that was a huge help when I was initially uh, in the recovery period, my mom recognized that I was always better after I'd been out in nature. So she would, if I was having a bad day, say, okay, let's get in the car. We're going to, you know, go to a park or an arboretum or a botanical garden and she would get me connected to something that was bigger than me and bigger than my individual circumstances. And uh and that was great. And I I you know, there's so many things, um, so many tips, but I, I do think one key thing too, early on, whatever you're going through, is to maximize the diversity of who supports you. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people expect their spouse to be able to be everything or a friend or a parent, and, you know, I don't think one person can be everything to any of us. You really need people to bring their different strengths to the table that you can have one person who loves to cook you dinner another person who makes you laugh, another person who can be that safe person for letting your emotions out and being able to sit down and have a good cry and to really reach out to the diversity of the people you know and tap into their strengths so that they can they can give you whatever you need at that time. So those are just a few thoughts off the top of my head about it.
2: Well those are those are critical keys I think and very good guidance for all of our listeners. And you know, I think where you started and is similar to where Melanie Benson Strick, whom we've talked with earlier in the program, has has also shared with us is that the first step is acknowledging your truth. Yes. And that's where that authenticity I think comes through too, is that it's it's acknowledging the whole picture of right. as you and I would say you know what is what already exists for us yes. and not being in fear about it and not right. being controlled by it right but acknowledging it
6: absolutely absolutely you know and i think it's unfortunate that sometimes people don't feel they can be authentic with each other because it's amazing if you just take that first step towards somebody you know, in whatever situation, it, it's almost always somebody will say, "Well, I was thinking that too." And I, I think you have to start with with the truth. That's the only that's the only place to begin a, any kind of journey, in my mind.
2: Well, we all have challenges. We all have those limitations. They're just all different flavors. Yes. And so, you know, some of them may be physical challenges. Some of them may be belief. Challenges. Yes. Some may be um, childhood yes. you know, challenges, <laughs> yeah. a- and so um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a real uh, harmonizer with Stephen Covey when he says, you know, if you argue for your limitations, then they're yours.
6: Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I and I think that is so true. I remember several years ago, my sister and I went to um, tour a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Uh, That was uh, in Springfield, Illinois. And the the tour director, you know, took one look at me and said, well, now, you know, there's a lot of stairs in here and you're going to be going up and down and up and down. And by the time you're through, you'll have you'll have been up and down, you know, a hundred steps. And my sister and I were both like, well, no problem. And what was so funny was actually, I think I had less problem with the stairs than some of the other people on the trip. So it's all, you know, you can't let it limit you. You can't, you know, you can't, you, you don't want to be foolish, but you do want to just always say, what is it that I can do? You know, how can I stretch myself and and keep moving forward?
2: Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I would love your thoughts about uh, to, to, to really come back to your point that... When you do share your truth, your limitations, whether they're visible or not, Mm -hmm. when you open up and share with somebody, almost without any exception, they open up to you. It's like a a door opens and they're saying, oh, this is a safe space. This is a space where I can be myself. I can pull down that mask for just a moment. Oh, yeah, you know, to be authentic with you.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I think you know, you and I have talked before about just uh, the challenges that I think are out there in the American workplace right now, where people really kind of put on a mask, a lot of them, before they walk into the office. And yet so many times, all it takes is one person reaching out, um, you know, to somebody and saying, gee, you know, what do you think about that meeting we were just in? I thought X, Y, Z. And, you know, there's always that opportunity for dialogue if you're willing to share the truth as you see it. It doesn't mean everybody's going to agree with each other, but but there's that opportunity for a deeper connection and collaboration when you open up. and you know you can't really fully collaborate when you're when you're trying to do what you think somebody else wants you to do or say what they want to hear. It, it's got to start with the authenticity.
2: Well, I think it's come to the forefront for a couple of reasons. One is as we as our theme suggests, it is an age of much more transparency yep. with the social media and if yep. you're I'm showing one see. face to one audience <laughs> and a different face to another audience it's to catch very up with likely you. yeah. <laughs> you know that that's going to become that's going to come uh become apparent.
6: Yes. Yes, it'll definitely catch up with you. I do think that. That's one of the reasons and I think the other thing is just as you're seeing Um, You know, the generational shift, um, you know, I think a lot of the younger folks just aren't going to put up with it. Um, And I know it's interesting when you talk to managers more of the baby boom generation, you know, they're struggling with some of that because a lot of the, you know, the younger folk, you know, interestingly enough, in some cases, the people that they raise, but they just, they won't put up with it. You know, they, they are very much themselves and will say what they think and do what they think. And, you know, and they're not into the politics of how to behave.
2: Yes, that posturing. Yeah. Um, that facade. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I do think that there's kind of a a potential negative backlash there when it's not okay to have anything other than pure success. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about that in terms of business. If all you can show is, you know, and, and all you're seeing from everyone else is, oh, it's everything's just brilliant and perfect yeah. and money's always flowing in. And yet we know <laughs> all of us as as entrepreneurs and, and solopreneurs and coaches, um, life just doesn't work that way. There are ups no. and downs. If we're truly... Exactly. Starting new territory, uh, there are hills and valleys. <laughs>
6: yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's so true. And I think you know, I think that's why a lot of people do end up finding a coach to talk to is they do find a safe space of somebody that they can be authentically themselves with and, and not be worried about the posturing and of course that's wonderful and I love getting my clients. Um, but you know, always trying to encourage people to you know, to take those steps outside yourself to share it with others in your life, because that's where you're going to create more intimate connections and deeper levels of success. Um, you know, beyond just the the finances, and that sustains you whether it's a little bit up or a little bit down.
2: Well, as we talk about in in my work and in Power Arc, uh, we talk about the two really the two worlds that we can perceive at any one time the, the the inner circle, I guess, the inner sphere of what is, what mm-hmm. already exists for us, what we already know, and the outer kind of unlimited realm of what can be, what we can create it's or amazing. imagine, and how we can, as you said, in any moment, in any instant, choose to shift from what already exists yep. to create something new, something more. To mm-hmm. expand the potential there just through our own choice to access our power, which right. we already have, That's and the other thing that we know is that it is that it is that juxtaposition if you will that that carrying both that higher vision of what can be and a clear acceptance of what is yeah that is what that that really sets up what we call creative tension that is yeah. almost like this great rubber band of of power and energy that propels us toward that higher potential of ours
6: well absolutely and i you know what i think is so brilliant about the power arc is the whole starting with the where saying where are you headed what is possible what can be created you know not letting yourself get limited at first by saying well gee i'm here and i'm making this much money and my rent is this much or my mortgage is this much because when you get into that it's so limiting but to say what is possible, and then obviously you have to come back and say, "Well, where am I?" and blend that in. But yeah, you you want that integration, whether it's the the left brain and the right brain, the creative and the logic, the you know the practicalities of things, and the vision of of what they can be. It's, it's really that balance of weaving it all together. I think that that is so critical
2: for people. I think so too, Anne. And the and the truth of it is once you are very clear about that higher vision of yourself, of your greatness, of what you're here to share, then you have such a powerful lens through which to express at all levels of your work and life who you are. And that same lens of vision, when you look at what is for you then, through that lens of vision, anything that might have seemed like limitation to you Actually, can become an asset. And let me just take this to an extreme, and I think you will definitely uh, relate to this: is that we hear so many stories of of overcomers like yourself, people who have overcome cancer, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Through the lens of a higher vision, a higher vision of I've got a new, I've got a new level of life to live now. I've got a new view of life that I want to share right. with others. I've got a new voice, a uh, good news to share with people. And through that lens, my illness was actually a gift.
6: Exactly. Yeah, it was a key part of the journey, right? An enabler to what came after it.
2: Yes. And it transforms everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, and- yeah. I, I think that's so true. And I mean, I think I said it at the beginning that it's, you know, certainly what I rather be walking unaided? Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to, you know, get all saccharine and say, well, you know, this would be my first choice <laughs> of how to ambulate. But, you know, once you you get your head around that, it's like there's so, there's so many positive openings. And I know that I think um, depending how you choose to handle something like that, it can open up so many connections with people that you never dreamed were possible because if you're willing to be open and approachable and vulnerable um, in whatever challenges you have, then people can share theirs with you and and you can create something bigger together or help sustain each other as as you each do it independently.
2: Well, and when they see that you've overcome an obstacle that they've never even encountered. Right. That perhaps they could never even imagine how they right. might overcome it as, as beautifully as you have. Then it really calls on them and touches on them and says, you know, tells them and, and, and calls them forth to say, well, what have I been allowing to limit me? Right. Either physically or just, you know, mentally, What have I allowed to limit me that I should be able to overcome? Exactly. Exactly.
6: Yes, because we all have things we, we need to overcome. And no matter who you are, you almost always can find somebody who's overcome something more significant than you have and who can inspire you into greatness. You know, I know having had a spinal cord injury, Christopher Reeve was always somebody who I was fascinated by, I probably would have been anyways, but because of having a spinal cord injury in common with him. But, you know, every time I would think of of what he went through um, and the grace with which he handled it, it would put my world in perspective and say, well, if he can do that, you know, you can do this. And so I do think it is important for all of us to have role models, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be a devastating physical injury, but whatever, whoever inspires you in whatever way um, to use that as fuel for your own journey.
2: Yes. And I love the word fuel. You know, it's part of your business name, um, Executive Performance Fuel. What a wonderful name for a business. And I know that the word fuel for you has particular significance because the energy piece that you weave into your work. Tell us a bit about that.
6: Yeah, um, you know, uh, having gone through what I did, I became, you know, very interested in different types of healing um, and really, you know, have been on a journey the past 15 years of learning about, you know, how energy works in our body, whether it's literally the physical fuel of what you eat and how that can sustain you or, you know, the, the, uh, less obvious energies. Um, you know, what is it that, that, gosh, I'm trying to think even how to totally, you know, encapsulate it, but you know, what is the energy that moves through us that inspires us, um, how to work with that, whether it's to, um, keep physical pain at bay or, which was when I studied Reiki was a, a piece of that. Um, you know, there's so many different different wonderful stories now about, you know, energy healing that go on um, and, and becoming more mainstream in hospitals and, and things like that. But so to me, um, there's always a component when I am working with somebody, even though I do work with a lot of business people and talking about things, strategizing, um, you know, mission statements and, and plans for the years and goals and things like that, but of, of looking at energetically what, what feels right, what's, what's moving through um, a business right then, what is it that resonates with uh, the owner or the leader as far as what they're trying to create. Um, there's a lot of just intuitiveness of just really looking for a different level of what's going on, um, what it can mean to somebody, how it can shape what they're trying to do. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it, it's fun. It's a lot of fun trying to, to follow that. And it's a lot of it's just opening yourself up to uh, to uh, listening differently to things, listening at two levels again.
2: Yes. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. And it's interesting any any organization that you walk into any business energetically yes. you can instantly tell oh, sure. whether it's alive or stagnant exactly whether there's, you know that yes. energy and passion flowing or not and you help guide that that group to reconnect with that energy that passion yes. that vision as well yes. as then guide them in the operational piece that that supports and sustains that
6: And you're absolutely right, Um, you know, and that is the perfect analogy because anybody who's ever walked into any kind of an office knows, you know, does it feel like it's humming with people who are excited and happy to be there? Um, Does it just feel flat and dead? You know, does it feel angry? You know, sometimes you can really just walk in and feel the anger and the frustration that's that's going on. And, uh, yeah, and how do you shift that? How do you, you get it so that it is? humming a little bit more enthusiastically. And I I think, again, we get back to the authenticity. I mean, a big piece of it is just acknowledging wherever it is and, you know, what is it that you want it to be and asking people for their support and changing it into something different. And sometimes that requires a little bit of effort because if if it has been flat or angry for a long time, um, you know, sometimes people have to really... See for a sustained period of time that you really do mean it, that this isn't just the program of the week, that you really are committed to seeing things happen differently. Um, but it, it's so exciting when, when you do start to see people come alive and, and get more energized and passionate about what they're doing. Because there's some reason people, most people are there besides just the money, um, that there's something that that they like about their work. And it's just, uncovering that again and, and bringing that back to the forefront. So exactly.
2: Fun. And so applaud and your leadership in that realm and in your work and guiding people to to engage and co-create together in that yeah. and, and getting that energy flowing again. So yes. you know, as we close out here, I really want to make sure that we're able to share with people again, your website and any other information you'd like for them to know about.
6: Sure. Um, my website is www.executiveperformancefuel.com. Um, because I knew we were going to be talking a bit about overcoming challenges. If your listeners, uh, want to go to, uh, slash overcoming, then they can, uh, retrieve a handout, um, 10 tips for overcoming challenges that goes a little bit further into that topic. But, uh, I'd also welcome them just to browse around the site um, by signing up for our newsletter. You can also get an audio series on leadership. Um, There's other free resources in the resource section, um, some inspiring quotes and and different things. So I encourage your listeners just to go poke around and uh, become a follower, hopefully.
2: Wonderful, Ann. So that's executiveperformancefuel.com. All uh, all those three words, executive, performance, yep. fuel, all together. Are just strung and, together, yep. And then forward slash overcoming. Yes. Uh, you can actually pick up a PDF of 10 tips for overcoming challenges, some really breakthrough ideas and practical tips that Ann has provided, uh, and tap into our audio series and other resources, folks. This is good stuff. And, Ann, we are so uh, honored and blessed to have your voice today and thank you so much for your leadership and whole brain leadership
6: well thank you julianne it was a pleasure to talk to you as always and i enjoyed being here today thank you
2: you bet thank you so much
1: We are here with Jerry Harrington, who is the founding coordinator of Humanities Team, a global spiritual movement awakening the world to oneness. He is currently its Strategic Alliances and Communications Coordinator and served for three years as its Worldwide Communications Coordinator. And Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. And today's topic is living authentically in a time of transparency, and I wanted to Hear your thoughts on that.
4: Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big topic. Um, you know, living, trans- living authentically in, a, in, a, in an age of transparency in, involves, uh, to me at least, you know, having personal integrity uh, at a time when m- so much of what's happening in the world is being made uh, available. And I think it's wonderful that so much information and truth uh... is is increasingly being made available Um, you know one of a key thing speaking of truth for me is to be truthful to oneself and that is i think key to living authentically in this time of transparency Um, and so uh... so in and in having this sense of truth about oneself and telling the truth to oneself about oneself initially uh, is to first uh, n- sort of know what your truth is about a particular thing or whatever it may be, just know the truth, accept that, uh, uh, and then actually love it in some ways uh, because you created it. And uh, and and sort of disavowing it or not liking it is not really... Uh, owning it and I guess that would be the next step after sort of loving it and owning it and you know, because we, we created it ourselves it is our truth and even if it's a truth that we may wish to change it's, it's acknowledge it and love it and own it and then from that point from that place uh, then moving on if we choose to uh, to something else uh, we can you know, without making whatever we happen to have as our truth now uh, bad or wrong or making anybody wrong uh then then deciding, making it, then choosing differently from that point. And um, you know that is uh, uh a, 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 for me at least a key thing for for how I how I try to live and uh it's 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 a central uh value in in humanities team as well. Uh within humanities team uh, we all have a general uh, you know, philosophy and recognition of the truth of humanity's oneness that that guides us in our in our actions uh but within that broader uh sense of truth and awareness <clears throat> there's also many smaller truths uh that that come up every moment of every hour of every day and and how, you know, how are we going to be authentic uh in that moment uh moving forward, you know, uh, or at this moment now and, and moving forward. And whether it is <clears throat> what's happening in Haiti uh, uh, or or what might have happened in the tsunami a couple of years ago uh, or whatever it may be, or even when there's, there's not a tragedy, uh, you know, how are we going to be? The thing about tragedies is that oftentimes at, that, at those moments, uh, people suddenly... Have their heart is touched, and they actually feel a bit of this sense of oneness with another human being. Uh, after the 9/11 tragedy in, in the United States, many people around the world felt it about the United States. Now people are feeling it about uh, about Haiti, uh, and uh, yet it's it's at, at those times when people feel it. But there are it's the, the 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 harder part or the or the, the, the evolution of this, is to feel it at other times as well. And uh, that is one of the things that humanity's team is trying to help people, is help people understand, not simply through intellectual understanding, but through experience. And that, that's for me at least, is the key, is having, you know, once I have the experience of, of, of oneness, uh, suddenly uh, there's the, I can't forget that uh, experience and and it and it and it affects me it changes me it changes how i view myself and others and 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 how i connect with the world forever uh and and uh and even you know someone who i might uh, have uh, you know an issue with or a challenge with or whatever i still feel uh, from having had experiences to support this i still feel uh the connection of oneness with that person and, and that is the, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge, but it's also a wonderful uh, vision and, and, uh, and, and something that humanity's team believes truly uh, will come about uh, within our lifetime. Uh, that is that, that this, is, this is actually a growing phenomenon, people experiencing and recognizing the oneness. And this is a trend that is growing and that we believe. Uh, within our lifetime, within a generation, uh, uh, will shift. So, uh, so those are you know thoughts that I have coming from from this uh, living authentically uh, in in an age of transparency.
1: Well, and I think you bring up an extremely, uh, incredibly important point, which is you know living oneness, being part of oneness is a daily practice. It's something that we must do with everything that we do in our lives, not just when there is a crisis. And the truth is is that yes, this there are some very large scale things that seem to be happening that we pay attention to that we see, and it's wonderful to see the outpouring and the community that comes together but the truth is, is that there are these type of things happening every day around the world, and our planet needs oneness now and every day.
4: Mm-hmm. And, 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 and whether there are large-scale crises or small, or even if someone is not in any kind of crisis, but is fine, yet that person may appear to somebody else to be somehow different or or have have something, and who knows what that may be, that they may just uh, feel a little bit uh, is uh, uh, alien to them. The truth is that it's not alien, Uh, and in fact every person is a mirror of the other. And so if there's a sense of alienation, it's actually an alienation from oneself that is is being uh, experienced there. Uh, You wouldn't have the experience if you didn't have it within yourself. And so if there's anything going on it's always within oneself. And people think it's that person over there. There really is no other person over there. It's truly within oneself. So so uh, and once you know people sort of get that, you know and people when when I say things like this they go, "Oh yeah, that I guess that makes sense. I couldn't have the experience if I didn't have it within me." But at the same time uh they it, it, they remember it at that moment but then we forget. I forget too sometimes. And uh, and but that is that is you know the the goal to which which I aspire is to to remember, uh, you know, that everything is is a reflection of me. And if I feel angry or whatever, it's it's my own internal issues that I have anger about, uh, not that person. Even though that person looks like it, but that person is actually just bringing up in me an issue that I have within myself. So so uh, so that again points to the the universalness, the oneness, the unity of, of life here.
1: Well, and the great thing, Jerry, is that we can always choose higher. We can pick that moment where we choose to really create that oneness in our life. And I know that you had a few different tools that we were talking about before the show about creating more oneness in our lives.
4: hmm uh, if you're talking about the five levels of truth-telling, that's uh, something that I, I mentioned before we, before we did this. Uh, it's actually something that uh, Neil Donald Walsh mentions in uh, one of his Conversations with God books. Uh The five levels of truth-telling, the first level of truth-telling is telling the truth about oneself to oneself, telling the truth about me to me. And the second level is telling the truth about someone else to me. Uh, the third level of truth telling is telling the truth about me to somebody else. The fourth level of truth telling is maybe it's up the other way around. I think it's me, me to me first, me to somebody else second. I'm sorry, I think I got them backwards. Me to somebody else second. The third one is telling the truth about somebody else to me. The fourth level is telling the truth about somebody else to somebody else. And the fifth level is telling the truth about everything to everybody. I think I got the sequence wrong. I think it's first always about the individual, the single person, and then it's about, the sec- about, about somebody else. So those are five key levels of, of truth telling that, uh, <clears throat> that Neil Donald Walsh um, uh, writes in one of his early conversations with God books. I think it's one of like book two or three or something like that where he, where he speaks about that. And to me, that is key to authenticity, uh, being authentic Authenticity—that was the word—and uh, you know—and and being transparent, uh, because we're starting with truth and we're telling it. We're we're acknowledging truth. We're we're uh, uh, def- and and owning it, and then telling it first to ourselves, then to others. And that's the key to to authenticity, as I see it, um, in, a, in an age of transparency.
1: Jerry, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insight on this. Um, and I really appreciate everything that you're doing with Humanities Team. And right now, one of the things that you and I are talking a lot about is this worldwide petition. And so if you would take a moment to tell everybody about that.
4: Yes, this petition, uh, which we're planning to uh, bring to the United Nations this year, uh, Calls on the United Nations to declare an annual Global oneness day where people around the world, governments, individuals would experience and express oneness uh, just like we might be doing in, in Haiti, but yet the idea would be that this would be for no reason except to experience it on a particular day on a given day around the world uh, and uh, And and that the idea behind this is that when people have this experience, they might then choose to uh, come from a place of oneness on all the other days of the year. But there would be one day, uh, like Earth Day, that would be oneness day, where people would there would be practical acts of oneness. And people can sign this petition uh, at the Humanities Team website. The the website is www.humanitiesteam.org. And that's spelled H-U-M-A-N-I-T-Y-S, humanities, team, dot O-R-G.
1: Fantastic. And we want to ask all of you to go onto the website and check out this is petition and sign it. In the short time that we've been telling everybody about this petition, we've already got over 25,000 signatures around the world. And the goal is to bring that to over 50,000. And I know that we can come together, Jerry, and make that happen.
4: Certainly can. And I appreciate all the efforts that you've made to help make this happen. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jerry. And we'll see you next week.
4: Thanks.
2: Well, Mary, it has just been a unbelievably powerful set of voices that we've been able to hear today around the concept of living authentically in an age of transparency.
1: And, you know, what I really enjoyed was all of the tips and the tools and the ideas that we uh, got the opportunity to be exposed to, you know, because I think that when we have, you know, different things that we can turn to, because we know that it's a practice when we start coming to a place of really opening up our minds and seeing things around us. And so, you know, I just loved all of the different tips and ideas. And I know that a lot of those I'm going to
2: implement in my life right now. Well, there are so many great guidance tools that we've been given today. And, you know, overall, though, Mary, one thing really has struck me about our conversations on this higher level, and that is, you know, if we think about this week uh, of, of, you know, a couple things that come to the forefront, the Martin Luther King uh, birthday celebration that brings leaders together, you know, once a year, diversity is a topic. And yet, Why just once a year do we as leaders come together around that? And then also, you know, the crisis in Haiti, you know, why is it we come together globally so well and so powerfully and co create so well around a crisis? And yet, at our best, as leaders, and we're all leaders because we all have a choice to make a difference, as leaders, why? Do we wait for a crisis or even an event or celebration to bring us together when we truly should be, you know, thinking about how we can co-create globally around a shared vision? And that's really what Martin Luther King Jr.'s work was about, is about, I have a dream. I have a dream about a world, about co-creating, consciously co-creating a world where people are judged on their character and not the color of their skin, for instance.
1: Well, and we are at a time on this planet that, you know, we have been through so much and it is is possible. And it's not only possible, it's already happening out there, Julianne. And so, you know, I am very encouraged. And I think that's, you know, that's something that you and I and Co-Creator Network are very passionate about, is continuing to spread these messages, continuing to give people the opportunity to participate in their global community and in their own lives. And, you know, the other thing that we discuss all the time is that as we improve ourselves, we improve everything in the world around us. Well, yes, and it
2: just really strikes me that if we, could, if we could truly embrace and tap into the enormous potential there is if we were not just to come together in crisis, but to really sense and step into the power we're capable of in creating the world we want to create together, In the true sense of co-creation, that's what we're about. And and truly, this is that age of co-creation. And we are so pleased here at Conscious Shift and Co-Creator Network to be a voice, a portal for that message, for these players, for all of us in our own leadership to step up and shine that light and co-create together. Well, for
1: sure. And, you know, and that brings up next week's show for me. I am so excited and inspired by the guests that we're having on next week. Do you want to tell everybody about that real
2: quick? Well, next week, we've got a special show really going to showcase all of the global work that humanity's team is involved in and leading across the globe. We're going to be talking to some marvelous voices as, as far abroad as Portugal and South Africa and others and bringing in some amazing leadership uh, from, from different quarters of the planet to, to shine a light on what we can and are already co-creating. And so it's going to give us some great concrete examples, Mary.
1: Bye everybody. See you next week.